Before we begin this week's episode of Smart Down Boulevard, we want to take this time to honor and celebrate the life and times of Joseph Michael Laurinaitis. We all grew up watching him as Road Warrior Animal, one half of the legendary and, quite frankly, the best tag team to ever do it in a squared circle, the Road Warriors Hawk and Animal, the Legion of Doom. Joseph Laurinaitis died of natural causes. He was 60 years old. He was survived by his three children, James, Jessica, and Joseph Laurinaitis, brother John Laurinaitis, and step-nieces Bree and Nikki Bella. From all of us here at Smartdown Boulevard, we would like to offer our condolences to the family and friends of Joseph Michael Laurinaitis, the road warrior animal. May he rest in peace. Welcome to Smart Down Boulevard. We're a pair of smarks that love to talk wrestling, but let's face it, it's not what it used to be. I am your host, Jose Solorzano, and he is my co-host, my friend, and all-around good guy, Jermaine Meredith. How's it going today? Uh, you know what? I'm still uh, a bit ticked off from last week, but really? you know what? Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Well, you know, man, let's do move on, because... It's fall, man. Fall is in the air. I love it. It's my favorite season. How about you? Is, is the weather making you feel better? That's pissing me off, too, because it's hot <laughs> one day and then it's freezing the next day. Like, Mother Nature can't make up its mind, man. It really can't. It really can't, man. You're just not feeling it, are you, man? It's just You're just holding so much aggression in you. You know what? <laughs> I'll feel better when Dizon is laying in the pool of his own blood and beer. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know he's probably listening to this right now, just like going off in his room, wishing that he could call oh. in and tell you a piece of his mind. I hope so, <laughs> but don't worry. He's too busy practicing on 2K18. I saw him on PSN the other day. <laughs> he has just been exposed. There you go, man. Yeah, you know what, yep. man? I, I love last week's episode. <laughs> you know, I really did, and that was one of the reasons because I just enjoyed sitting back and hearing you and Dizon go back and forth. It was fantastic. It was a great episode, and if you haven't listened to it, you can listen to it on all streaming audio platforms right now go check it out if you haven't and have yourself a great laugh and also because i mean i was feeling nostalgic and i decided to dust off my playstation and play wwf attitude i mean i opened a can of whoop ass on ahmed johnson just before recording so <laughs> <laughs> i'm pumped i'm ready to get this show on the road and you know what jermaine for this week it was only fair because of what i put you through last week for you to come up with this week's topic and um what did you come up with here WWE's most despicable moments. And this will be a two-parter. So this week, we're going to be talking about some storylines mm -hmm. that they've done. And then next week, 
will be shoot actual things that have happened in the world of wrestling. You know, usually you go first, but allow me to start things here, okay? Because there's something on my mind. And I know, Jermaine, you're going to take us back in time for some despicable moments. So I'm going to start things off with focusing with the present for despicable moments, okay? Let's talk about retribution, all right? Let's tackle this dilemma right away. This past Monday night, retribution finally revealed themselves. Wow, what a surprise. But guess what, Jermaine? They really shouldn't have done it because what the hell was that? Really? Yeah, it it was so random. I was watching Ron and all of a sudden they just debuted. They signed contracts and everything. I had no idea. Maybe it's because I have been watching, but uh, I, I was just kind of shocked. And you could clearly see that these guys were from NXT. Oh, yes. You know, Mia Yim and other guy that was a raw commentary guy for a little bit. Right. Yeah. No. And that's the thing, too, man. Like, we've been waiting since August for a reveal. Okay. And then we get this. I mean, I honestly thought that Slipknot was a guest host for Monday Night Raw. Like, I thought they returned with these guest hosts because the masks that they're wearing, too, it's like it's like I'm watching something out of, like, a sex dungeon or a dominatrix show or something like that. You know? it, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. It looks so bad. And I know this is their way of being edgy, but it just doesn't work, man. It's a joke. And, yes, Mia Yim... Mercedes Martinez, uh, Dominic Djokovic, Dio Madden, Shane Throne. These are NXT superstars with a promising future. They have paid their way through NXT, and then they're part of the main stable of Retribution, and they have to be put under these masks and this bad makeup and with these bad names. I mean, you have... Well, Mercedes Martinez and Mia Yim haven't been given a name yet. Do you want to hear what Dominic, Dio Maddens, and Shane Thorne's name are? Those are names. Okay, so Djakovic's name is T-Bar. T-Bar? T-Bar. Oh, my gosh. Dio Madden is Mace. <laughs> <laughs> and Shane Thorne is Slapjack. I'm not making this up. Oh, my gosh. Slapjack. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a wrestling move? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> T-Bar, Mace, Slapjack, Mercedes Martinez, and Mia Yim. I'm just waiting for Friday or next Monday to hear what names they give, they give these poor ladies. I mean, it's just a mess. It's despicable. It just hasn't been handled right. It's just a joke at this point. And we just can't really take them serious. I mean, the first match, they face the Hurt Business, and then it gets um, ended in a disqualification. Like, how are we supposed to take any of these two teams seriously? I mean, the Hurt Business is trying to be taken seriously. So is Retribution. And then it just ends in a big schmoz, as per usual. I mean, it's just... A mess. Yeah, you know what? WWE doesn't really know how to debut people anymore. Because when somebody debuts, you want to keep them hot. Yeah. And put them on like a winning streak or have them continue to wreak havoc in the WWE locker room. You can't have something like that, their first match on TV, you know, be undecided. There has to be a clear winning it a clear winner and it should have went to retribution although i am a fan of the hurt business what yeah so if you're gonna book these guys as a group that are gonna change the wwe universe then make them actually have some w's behind that man you can't just have them get disqualified or whatever it doesn't make any sense it doesn't it really doesn't it doesn't do anything for the talent either and it's already in a you know especially for retribution they're in that situation and also with the hurt business i mean they're back and forth with in the ring 
That's a raw underground. It's just all over the place. I mean, I'd really like to sit in this writer's room and see what the hell they have going on because it's just, I don't know. It's just, there's no, they're trying to be edgy. They're trying to be different, but it's just, it just doesn't work. There's a disconnect there. And that's why I think this whole retribution thing is just, it's despicable, man. Just despicable. But anyway, enough, (laughs) enough of that. Let's just see what else they bring us on Friday and on Monday. But Jermaine. Take us away. What is your despicable moment in WWE? One of the most despicable moments in WWE has to be when JR had a sit-down interview with Kane after he unmasked. And Kane was so insecure about how he looked. He thought the fans, the locker room, everyone was making fun of him behind his back. So JR had a sit-down with Kane trying to calm the situation down because Kane has been doing a lot of acts of violence, you know, throwing people off the stage and just beating up random people. So he thought he could just smooth the situation over by talking to the big red machine. And as history tells us, that did not go over so well. By the end of the interview, Stone Cold had to watch on the Titan Tron as Kane punched JR in the face, knocking him out, pouring gasoline over his limp body, and then lighting a match and setting him on fire. Jim Ross was screaming in pain, and they had to extinguish him from the from the burning flames of Kane. It was a horrible situation to watch. Jim Ross was in shock after that. Yeah, no, it was... It was tough to watch. I remember watching this. This was in 2003. Yep. I remember it was in 2003. It was on Raw. Yeah. July 14th. There you go. See, yeah, see, I remember it clearly because this is summer that I was just glued to the TV watching wrestling. And I really was into the whole Kane being unmasked and him going pretty much crazy across the locker room and turning on RVD and just being the monster that he is without the mask. Like, it really translated very well. I know a lot of people thought that was the end of the character of Kane when he unmasked, but I think Glenn Jacobs and the WWE creative did a great job with him being unmasked and continuing that whole idea that Kane's a monster and he will stop at nothing. And they just used that whole idea of him being unmasked, just giving him more anger, more hate, uh, and just walking through hell, really, through fire and brimstone even more. So... (laughs) But yeah, but I gotta say, man, like watching him set JR on fire was just it's that line where it's just like, how much is too much? And I think this might have been a bit too much. It's just a bit extra. I mean, and I don't know, it just didn't really translate that well. I mean, we're talking about it now because it's just one of those like WTF moments, but yeah, it is pretty despicable to to do a storyline like that because you never know who's watching, man. There might be victims out there of, you know, uh being burned or, or having tragic accidents like this and they're just really playing along with it in terms of storyline. Like, really, did this really sell tickets? No, it really didn't. It was just a nah. moment that got people talking. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, uh, it's that fine line. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's really as despicable. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask us why we're giggling. I don't know. It's just, it's so despicable and ridiculous. You know, it's like, listen, we love wrestling. We love professional wrestling. But some things you just kind of laugh at because, when people say, oh, wrestling sucks, wrestling's fake, it's moments like these where it's just like, well, if you if you send us this, well, then, yeah, well, we get your point, but we still love it, <laughs> right? It's just, we just defend you know it what? and take I it. Think, <laughs> I think it's the uh, the screams of JR that were uh, recorded prior to the, the actual scene. <laughs> oh, so you think they were, like, um, edited in for the segment? Yeah, yeah, the screws are definitely edited it because you can't see his face and the camera is kind of just 
moving okay. away from his face. Let's take a listen. And Let's see. I have it queued up here. <laughs> Let's see. All right. There's Kane putting gasoline on JR. Or what appears to be JR. Listen to me, Kane, you sick son of a bitch. Oh my gosh. I see what you mean. Yeah, it was. And a bad edit job, too. It is, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, it is really over the top. Hey, Stone Cold doesn't really help the situation. No, he's just Put standing the there. Down. He's just standing there. Put the matches there. down. Are you kidding me? You know what would have made you, it better? You don't, you don't want it to put the matches down. No. It would have made it better if Stone Cold actually like ran to the back, you know? Like he actually cared instead of standing there in the ring and holding his head and just watching it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I would have preferred that. That's one thing that when I was watching the clip back, I'm like, why isn't Stone Cold bolting to the back to save his best friend JR. Exactly. I mean if that happens to Why my he best friend there? I'm running there, right? I'm trying to stop that. Or at least to yeah, help I'm not my just friend. standing in the ring. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean I I mean it's crazy to think about something like this would never happen nowadays in wrestling. I mean, especially WWE. <laughs> but it's just the things that they let happen back then is just unbelievable. I mean, if you, if I show this to my sister, she'd be like, "Is this really what you watched back in the day?" Like, it's just <laughs> nothing. So- <laughs> yeah, man. No, I, I hear you. Definitely a despicable moment. I highly agree with you. Now, Jermaine, I want to bring up something to you—an important club that I was never a part of, and I know you were never a part of. But there were six members of this club, <laughs> and this is probably one of the most despicable things. The only positive thing that I can say about this is how it ended, and I'll get to that. But the six members of this club, all right, they went through, I don't know, the heinous act of having to kiss Mr. McMahon's ass. Therefore, being called the Mr. McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. Do you remember this? His bare bottom. (laughs) Oh, my. And remember, it was an exclusive. (laughs) You could only get invited to this club. And so the first person that was invited to this club was William Regal. And I remember yeah. watching this. Oh, my gosh, man. Like, And even I remember McMahon having William Regal apply an excessive Justic. amount of lip balm before <laughs> laying one on him. And it was Put the chapstick on it, damn it. <laughs> Oh my god. That was funny. I mean I mean we didn't really want to risk, you know, the richest rear in wrestling getting nicked by a possible chap lip, right? So I mean we had to put the lip bomb on. And therefore William Regal was the first official member of the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. And then oh man, I Jim Ross, good old JR was the second <laughs> member. He's, he's oh gone through god. so much. He's really uh, I, I can't poor JR. Just poor JR. Um, oh boy. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he'll be on a lot uh, next week. Yes, yes, he will. And the third member, 
was Shawn Michaels. And this was um, the whole... You no know, way. Yeah, man. The Heartbreak Kid became the third member of the Kiss My Ass Club during the February 27, 2006 edition of Monday Night Raw. The Spirit Squad came out, and they introduced this like special cheer that they had created for the boss. Vince praised them. And then at the end, Shane comes out, you know, and, um, you know, Vince then once again revealed his bottom for the world to see. Uh, Shane McMahon <laughs> lifted Michael's lifeless body, who was, um, you know, Shane hit him with a steel chair. And yeah. um, he, he, he took Michael's lifeless body up and forced his lips onto his dad's rear end, resulting in Sean, you know, unfortunately, forcibly joining the Mr. McMahon Kiss My Ass Club, which, wow, crazy. And then Shane McMahon. The fourth member. <laughs> and this was pretty much Shawn Michaels returning the favor. So a tit for tat for that one. Uh, and let's yeah. not forget, I mean, Mrs. Foley's baby boy joined the Kiss My Ass Club on August 21st, oh, no. 2006, um, on an episode of Monday Night Raw. And this was funny because Foley was trying to, like, prevent Melina from being terminated. So in order to uh, keep her job, Mick Foley was given the opportunity to be the hero and save a damsel in distress. And guess what he had to do, man? <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and it's funny because Mick Foley actually delivered like a long smooch to Vince McMahon's ass all out of loyalty to who he thought was his friend which was Melina but oh you know God. unfortunately Melina turned on him betraying his friendship and at the end Mick Foley was actually like fired for all this stuff so it's just unnecessary stuff but don't get me wrong it's still despicable that Vince McMahon the owner made people do this but <laughs> still entertaining it's just to somewhat of a degree but it's still very demeaning. Like I, you wouldn't see like a, a CEO of a Fortune five company doing something like this uh, behind closed doors, right? Um, uh, uh, actually, you would uh, behind closed doors. Yeah, like like you said. Oh my god, I was trying to be uh, politically correct there, but okay, guess not. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, the last member of the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club was uh, his illegitimate bastard son, Hornswoggle. <laughs> Uh, he was the last one to join the uh, Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. And like I said, remember I promised you that it was a happy ending at least. Um, on a s edition of SmackDown, The Rock came out and he was saying, you know what, Vince McMahon, um, you wanted me to join the Kiss My Ass Club? No, 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 no. You're going to pay for what you've done. I'm shutting down the Kiss My Ass Club tonight. And then he just teased him. You know, first he said, he, first he brought out JR. Then he teased him with Trish, and Vince was so happy. And he's just like, no, you're not going to kiss Jim Ross's ass. You're not going to kiss Rock's ass. You're not going to kiss Trish Stratus's ass. You're going to. Rock saved a special ass oh, for him. And then cue Rikishi. <laughs> and on that night, Vince McMahon kissed Rikishi's fat ass. And that ended. This horrible and despicable storyline of the Mr. McMahon kiss my ass club. <laughs> you know what's so gross is that Vince in all of these segments is wearing a black thong. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing like a nasty man thong. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was just looking at some clips of failed attempts at the kiss my ass club. He oh. failed with Triple H. Yeah. He also failed with... Uh, Eric Bischoff. Yep. Stone Cold. <laughs> Stone Cold. There's no way Stone Cold's kissing that ass. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it was entertaining. Zach Gowan. Oh, oh, my gosh. My gosh. What didn't they put that kid through? Oh, 
the, like I said, I mean, it was a despicable thing to do, despicable moments, and very, very humiliating for these certain talents. I'm pretty sure, but um, you know, it came to a, to an end, and I'm glad it did, and they made it entertaining. But I mean, that would never happen now. One hundred percent. It's good to look back. Oh, on, but wow, yeah, crazy. That, that would never ever happen now. No, never, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Jermaine. I think you have one more for us. What do you got? So my last one. This moment shouldn't really be funny, but so why do I hear? Ahead. Why do I hear you? Be- <laughs> for all of our uh, fans out there, you got to check out this clip. This is in 1999 when the Big Show held a funeral for his his late father who passed away. As they were about to lower his dad's casket down to the ground, in comes Big Boss Man in a police cruiser cruiser with a big gigantic megaphone attached to the top of the foot of the car and he just interrupts the whole funeral by just shouting out just rude things about Big Show's father <laughs> and the Big Show and what sets Big Show off is when Big Boss Man says to Big Show's mother who's trying to console the Big Show he says hey Mrs. Mrs. White I know this is too soon but if you're looking for a real man I'm available <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and then that just sets Big Show off. Then two of them fight. They get into a little squabble, and Big Show gets knocked out. And using that opportunity, Big Boss Man goes and gets some chains and attaches the chain to the coffin, and then drives away with the casket <laughs> with Big Show attached to the top of the casket, and he flips over. Well, oh my goodness! Oh, you know this. Anybody who's not a wrestling fan and would watch these, you know, they'd be like, you know what? Case closed. Wrestling sucks. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but to us, it's like we understand that it's storyline and they're just trying to, you know, be creative. And yes, we we understand that. But at the same time, like I said about the previous um, one with Burning JR, this it crosses lines that should not be crossed. But yet it's somehow allowed because it's professional wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, even though Big Show's father was alive at the time, it's just they're playing with death. They're playing. Actually, yeah. he died a few years prior. Oh. So it, he actually did die. <laughs> wow. Okay. See what I mean? Like, it definitely <laughs> crossed the line. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just too much. I mean, do they really need to take it that way? I mean, I, I understand blurring the line between reality and what's scripted or kayfabe and a shoot. I get that. Like sustaining people's um, thoughts and attention to the programming and just being involved in it. But, oh man, it's just such sensitive topics. And here we are giggling because it's just over the top and just, I guess, just the incredulity of WWE and Miss McMahon to allow such <laughs> things to happen on TV. You know what I mean? Like, uh, You know what? We have a sick sense of humor, guys. Sorry. I, I think that's what it comes down to, and I think we've been desensitized because of WWE programming, clearly. Yeah, they made it too too regular for us, so <laughs> we, just, we just find these type of things funny. Yeah. There's so much more things that we could have said. Honestly, there, there really is. But here, I was doing a little research on this because I know you mentioned this prior on our research and everything. And Bruce yeah. Pritchard was asked, I'm like, whose idea? He was asked, whose idea was this? Whose, whose angle was this? And he said that he didn't have a whole lot of creative in it. It was just very broad strokes. But uh, the idea for the whole angle was big shows. And um, oh my goodness. Yeah. And now, and Bruce Pritchard said, and now we're at this point, but we just got to, you know, the shoot got crazier and crazier as they got there. They're looking around and they're asking each other, like, can we do this? Can we really do that? And what about this? And what about that? 
And the answer was, yes, go ahead. Do what you got to do. Destroy the casket. Destroy the property if you have to. I mean, we have to get this in. This is going to have people talking. And guess what? Years later, here we are doing a show on September 2020 and still talking about that segment. So I guess in the long run, it did work for them. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it just comes down to like what the talent is really comfortable with, right? I mean, I'd like to think that WWE talks to the talent beforehand, uh, before doing yeah. these things, instead of just going and doing them and telling them, listen, you're under contract. We own your intellectual property. You got to do this because it's going to be great. I hope it's not like that because some of this stuff is just so sensitive, very sensitive it material. Is. Oh, gosh. I just can't find the words, but <laughs> using real life situations in your storylines or making fun of people, it just it really bothers some people out there. And, and it's kind of too soon for certain situations. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like I'm thinking about like when the anvil passed away. Um, I don't have the logistics oh, of it. no. But I know yeah. they used that in storyline. I mean, Natty yeah, was in the did. ring and they used it, you know. And Anvil was one of the greatest tag team partners of all time. And, you know, it was a tragic death and they're using it in storyline. I mean, I think some things should just be left away for the TV, uh, away from TV. It just doesn't have to be dealt with. Like, and I hope, and, and listen, we're discussing this right now, and I hope that WWE doesn't find a way to somehow incorporate um, Road Warrior Animal's recent death in some storyline. I hope not. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Like, that's how yeah. how much we've come to just expect the unexpected or expect certain bad things from WWE programming. Yeah, man. I think that you got to take it easy and like you were saying earlier we just hope that it's not a situation where these superstars are under contract and they have to oblige to these type of things because it is really personal for them and i don't know how long it takes for people to get through tragic events some people never get through them and oh. it's kind of it's kind of tough to be using that on a real life on an entertainment program you know what i mean absolutely absolutely i totally agree but yeah these are just some of the despicable moments i'm sure all of you out there in Smarkland, our fellow Smarks, have more despicable moments that you've seen in WWE or WWF television, actually. I'm sure there's a bunch from the Attitude Area. Uh, actually, one just came up to mind right now. Remember when... Um <laughs> Kai and Ty uh, chopped uh, Val Venus's, uh, mm-hmm. like, that's just over the top, too, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. That was a despicable moment to show on TV, but that was, you know, at the time, that's what television was, but like we said, like, now... If you look back, that stuff would never, ever happen. And that's why, even then, when it did happen, we still consider it despicable. If you have other despicable moments that you want to share with us, hit us up on our Instagram page, at Smartdown Boulevard. That's at Smartdown BLVD to connect with us. We'll be right back on Smartdown Boulevard. You're listening to Smartdown Boulevard. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Smark Down Boulevard. Remember, you can listen to us on Anchor.fm online or on their app that you can download for free. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and a whole lot more. For the full list, for more content, and to connect with us, find us on Instagram at Smartdown Boulevard. That's at Smartdown BLVD to keep the conversation going. And you can listen to us on our YouTube channel. Now, let me hold off here on the promo, Jermaine, because um, I, I got something to tell you, man. I really do. And I didn't know okay, how to break what? it to you, but it's just, okay. What happened? I'm just going to tell you. Okay. I'm, and I got video proof because, you know, I, I had to because I knew you would not believe me. But uh, this past um, Sunday, I um, I located intern Mel. and um, Oh, you finally caught, caught up with her, eh? I did. I did because enough is enough. And I brought the contract. I did. The intern agreement contract. I brought it. I showed you. 
you signed it. I signed it. I finally found her. So let's get her done. Okay. And speaking of despicable things, she did the most despicable thing. I'm just going to say that you owe me $26, man. Here. Here's the proof. What the heck is wrong with your sister? So there you have it, Jermaine. Um, You owe me $26. I couldn't stop her, man. I'm sorry. But you know what? At least she uploaded the seventh episode of SmackDown Boulevard dealing with The Undertaker. It cost us 52 bucks. I mean, it should have taken her 10 minutes to do, but she said she had to add some stuff to it, so she took the whole hour. So I'm going to need 26 bucks for me. I'm sorry. We need to draft another contract or something and or we just need to learn how to use we need to learn how to use this stuff man it's just she's 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 taking us for everything we have and i can't stop her i'm so sorry you owe me 26 dollars uh but with that being said i'm sorry man it's costing us a loss a lot (laughs) like us on youtube yeah thanks a lot melanie yeah (laughs) oh my gosh just search smart down hit that space button boulevard it's that easy and for all of you who are curious the contract negotiation will go up on our SmartDown page so you can all see how despicable intern Melanie is and how stuck we are. Um, I think it's cheaper for us to just even learn how to use Adobe, Jermaine. I think one of us has to take initiative at this point. <laughs> you know what? I'm willing to sacrifice this for the team. <laughs> okay. We got to do I'm what we got to do. willing to take one for the team. Yep. <laughs> we we got to cut our, cut our losses and uh, get rid of it. Yeah, I think so. I think we do. Or we just have to be there and watching her do the work. Because I'm pretty sure she can do at least four or five, maybe even up to six videos for an hour. I mean, like, come on. You can't one for yeah, an hour? Yeah, seven bucks, seven bucks an hour was enough for her. Come on. I think it was. I mean, anything at this point is better than 52. Like, come on. What's going on? Anyway, yeah. this was part one of Despicable Moments. Join us next week on Smartdown Boulevard for part two. Jermaine, as always, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. And I'll see you next week, my friend. See you next week. I look forward to talking about the shoot, despicable moments. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Until next time, Smarks, tuck your chin in.